This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal Transfer Show. Joining you every morning at 8am UK time. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Thank you so much for joining me, as always, and making this a clear part of your morning routines. You get your cuppa, you get your orange juice, your cereal, or whatever crazy bacon sandwich people make these days. You sit down, you listen, you get involved in the chat box, and we have a good time talking about Arsenal and transfers every morning at 8am. Uh, happy Sunday. Uh, some interesting football, of course, yesterday. Newcastle getting knocked out of the FA Cup again in the third round. Doesn't matter how much money is in your club, to some things never change. And Newcastle getting knocked out of the FA Cup in the third round is a theme that has gone on for quite some time. Um, and I'm glad to see it continue. I, I really was a little bit indifferent about Newcastle. But after that game, after that game, you know, we had the other day against Newcastle, I was kind of happy uh, to see them go out. So uh, unlucky, guys. Unlucky. Uh, good morning, people in the chat box. PD Ween, Matt G, Paul. Good morning, guys. Uh, Yomi, Clear Away Dave, Olu, Temi, Matt, Peter, NSW. Uh, Amira, Diane, Temi, Peeny Ween. Uh, good morning to all of you and plenty more as well. Okay, so bad news. Arsenal's under-21s were beaten quite badly uh, by Manchester City. Uh, a 6-0 defeat away from home. The worst of Arsenal's season so far. And it really, it stung. Um, and the reason why it stung is because, I know I was at the club yesterday and there was a feeling of frustration I could tell from the people that weren't even there. Uh, this was a top-of-the-table clash, of course. Arsenal went into the day top of the PL2 table um, and now Manchester City have gone above Arsenal by a clear point after that 6-0 defeat. It's also enabled Liverpool to catch up. They're only one point behind Arsenal having played a game less uh, and Chelsea are now just three points behind Arsenal in the PL2 table as well. Now it's important to tell you that these games, to be honest, don't matter a lot. So what matters more is the performances of individual players, development stuff. So results are always kind of second, if you will, to what happens on the pitch in terms of youth football. But Mehmet Ali will want to turn this around and will want to turn it around quickly. Now, the positive news on the youth football side of things is that Jack Wilshere's under-18s came from behind to win 4-3 against Norwich City. Uh, it was a very difficult game. They went in at half-time 2-1 down and came out 
4-3 winners in the end. Uh, Uladam Hand, not Salah Adin Uladam Hand, his younger brother, uh, scored the winning goal uh, to get on the score sheet as well. Um, but we actually scored the third goal in the 82nd minute to equalise and then the fourth goal game in the 84th minute. So it was quite the late turnaround for the Gunners as they picked up another important point after what was a pretty disappointing start to the season for Jack Wilshere's side, but really are improving now. Uh, Fulham are said to be looking at alternatives due to Cedric's high wage demands. The Portuguese internationals, of course, have been linked to Fulham as well as by Leverkusen and Villarreal. However, there is an expectation now um, that what we'll see from the player is a move, I imagine, probably elsewhere. If Fulham aren't really going to be jumping in at the deep end with these the amount of money that's being asked for by Cedric, and I can't blame them. Apparently, he's looking for sixty-five to seventy thousand pounds per week. That's what he's currently on around Arsenal. If he's looking for the same kind of figure. I'm not sure he's going to get that. I know it's one last big contract, I guess, but uh, if you want to play, you've got to move and accept probably a lower amount of money. Arsenal are open to selling. They are happy to sell the player. They're thinking about replacing him if he does go, but unfortunately, um, it doesn't seem to be a move will be happening any time soon. Although, well, if anything changes, we will let you know. Uh, Arsenal are still said um, to be looking at Danilo, the Brazilian midfielder. Uh, Atletico Madrid and Monaco also interested, but reports in Brazil claim that Arsenal are still interested. This comes in conflict with those reports from David Ornstein uh, in December, which claimed that Arsenal's interest in Danilo had called and that Arsenal weren't necessarily tracking the player anymore. However, reports in Brazil claim that Arsenal are still said to be interested in the 21-year-old and that Atletico Madrid and Monaco are two other teams that are battling with the Gunners to try and sign the Palmeiras midfielder. One to keep an eye on, maybe. Now, Manchester United have experienced a very interesting uh, decision-making, let's call it. Um, they have decided to move for Val Veghorst on a loan move. Uh, talks have progressed between both Burnley and Besiktas, because, of course, Veghorst is on loan from Burnley to Besiktas. And he's gone on loan there um, for the first half of the season. However, in what looked to be an emotional goodbye to the Besiktas fans when they played last, it now seems as though that loan might be cancelled. And instead, Veghorst might spend time with Manchester United for the rest of the season. This, of course, has cleared the way somewhat for therefore Arsenal to go and try and sign Joao Felix. Now, Man United had a reported bid of around €4 million Euro loan fee, plus all of uh, Joao Felix's wages turned down by Atletico Madrid. They're looking for something closer to eight to £10 million now to see Joao Felix leave, plus, of course, the wages, which is down from that €21 million Euros that we were previously talking about. Arsenal apparently have held positive talks uh, and there is an expectation that the agent involved in this, George Mendes, will have further talks with Arsenal today about a potential loan move, of course, for Joao Felix. The move for Valve, of course, is an interesting one. Of course, you remember back in January of last year, he was a player that I thought Arsenal might indeed think about going for because they needed a striker after the Aubameyang debacle. Um, but nothing happened. He stayed with Burnley and uh, they managed to get a, a good number of goals during the rest of the season. I'm, oh, TGT Sneeze is coming. Is it? Yep. Yeah. Nope. No, it's gone, I think. <laughs> we managed to get through nearly 10 minutes of news. Quite a few shows in a row without a TGT sneeze, but uh, it's, it happens when I talk about the sneeze, it goes away. So as long as I keep talking about it, it won't happen. Anything, anyway, before it comes back. Uh, yes, yeah, so Joao Felix, new talks today supposedly meant to happen. Valt Verkhorst, Manchester United getting closer. I tell you what, though, if indeed Arsenal were looking um, at Valverde instead of Joao Felix. Can you imagine the reaction from the fans this window? 
So I'm intrigued what kind of reaction we get from Manchester United supporters um, regarding a switch from Joao Felix to Valverkost. I'd be very interested indeed. Now, Mikel Arteta uh, conducted his press conference yesterday. He dropped a pretty big hint, in my opinion, about Mihailo Mudrik, which we'll talk about shortly. He also responded a lot to the touchline debate and Smith-Rowe's fitness as well. Uh, so I asked him about Emil Smith-Rowe and where kind of uh, he might expect him to play. He said Emil can play as an attacking midfielder, as a winger, and even as a nine. I think he's played there before. Uh, first of all, we need him fit and at his best. And when we have that, we have an incredible player that we have missed a lot in the last few months. Tomorrow he trains well, or rather if he trains well, he will hopefully be available to give us something in the game. Really positive to get that response. Really positive to hear that Smith Rowe could be in, tension, uh, in contention for the game tomorrow uh he has been missed we do lack that extra bit of depth and i really hope uh that we can see smith row back in the club very very soon now it's also important to talk about uh, the touchline debate because arsenal of course was charged he was asked directly about the charge um that they received and just said nothing that there wasn't he he hadn't got anything to say on it he was then asked um a little bit later on about kind of whether or not he thinks the behavior of his impacts the players he says that's not for me to say i hear a lot of times that this team is a mirror of the coach or the passion i don't know he was then asked if he's going to change and he said that's me i will always try to be better whatever i do if it is tomorrow or the next day is to make this club stronger my players better play better and win so if i have to do something i will do it i have to change something believe me i will look in the mirror myself and I will change it very quickly um it was a it was a really strange kind of scenario because when he was first being asked about you know his behavior he was kind of at first like you know that's me that's what I'm about I'm not going to change for anyone and then when he was asked about changing he was like then you know if I have to change something I'll look in the mirror and change it um it was a little bit contradictory it was a little bit like one end of the spectrum to the other quite quickly I don't think he needs to change at all, unless it's something that's genuine, like behavioural problems that are costing the Gunners week on week. And I don't think that's happening this season. He's acting how I think most people would act. If I was on the touchline, I know I'm not a manager, so it's a bad example, but if I was on the touchline, you care about this club a lot. If you think there's injustice going on, you are going to get frustrated and angry and hyperbolic maybe even. You know, you're going to gesticulate. You know, it's going to happen. I don't really get why it's Arsenal that are facing all of this, other than the fact that, of course, we are just unfortunately disliked quite heavily uh, <laughs> for some strange reason uh, throughout certain sections of the media. And uh, and also, we just seem to have awful decisions given against us quite consistently, perhaps compared to others. But uh, I always say that it's important to remember that maybe that's just the, the psychological perception we have because we focus so heavily on Arsenal. Um but it's it's very, very difficult to to kind of get your head around why some of the decisions keep on happening. Um, but Arteta was keen to to know whether or not kind of the reaction to his um, kind of feelings on the touchline were positive or negative. And uh, I, I think it's been mainly negative, unfortunately. Um, but I and others have tried to defend him in certain instances. And I think he certainly deserves to be defended for some of what he's done because it's not worth the criticism that he's getting. To be called a clown... Uh, and to be called scandalous, you know, it, it goes a step, I think, too far. Um, I think Martin Keown spoke, again, very, very well on things. Now, uh, I also asked uh, Arteta yesterday um, about the frustrations because you know what happens in a press conference. If he's asked about a player directly, he refuses to talk about it. We know that. We know that's the case. So 
Yeah, I remember when I tweeted out saying that I was at the presser yesterday and I had people going, you're going to ask about Mudrick, right? You're going to ask about Mudrick. And I'm in there going, I'm not going to reply to these tweets, but I'm thinking, like, why would why would I ask directly about a player? Because he's not going to answer. And if you watch back the press conference, and you can do that on haters or on, on the Arsenal way, um, when I start speaking about the transfer window, I say, don't worry, I'm not going to ask about any players in particular. But I'm curious to his thoughts around kind of the spending of other clubs and whether or not that has had a direct impact on Arsenal finding it difficult to sign players for what they value a player at. And so when I asked the question, uh, he said, uh, let me find the, the answer. Here we go. Yeah, he said, valuations have to be made between the selling club and the buying club. And it is difficult, but it shows there are a lot of clubs with a lot of financial power to spend big amounts. And we have to compete with them. To be smart, we have to see good opportunities and we have to be attractive for players. At the end of the day, players decide where they want to play. And if they want to play for our club, that is great. Now, that last sentence obviously was quite important because, as we know, Mahalo Mudrik has been very much publicly showing his like and uh, appreciation for Arsenal by liking certain posts on social media, as we all know. We've also heard from plenty of those that have contacts within and close to this deal that Madrid's priority is very much Arsenal and that he wants to uh, move to Arsenal. And Ben Jacobs reported yesterday that he'd heard that if a move to Arsenal doesn't happen this winter, the player would be very, very disappointed about that. So when Arteta says that a player will move ultimately where they want to go. You know, he says the words exactly. At the end of the day, players decide where they want to play. And Mudrik wants to play for Arsenal. So it is a huge, huge hint in my view that they feel as though that they are pursuing a player that wants to move to them and that there is optimism that they can get a deal done for Mudrik. Um, I was very happy with the answer that Arteta gave and it was good to see kind of more elaboration given on, on that topic of transfers, especially with as I asked about kind of the valuations of players as well. So I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that this is a good sign. I'm hoping that maybe in the next week or two, we get some positive news about Arsenal's discussions with the player and others as well, because we need more than just Mudrick. And I think we all know that at this stage too. Anyway, that brings an end to part one. So let's move to part two and your questions right after this. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, uh, let's go to part two and your questions. Um, let's scroll up in the chat because I always end up missing some that are right at the start. Uh, Lynn says, I think it was a disgrace that our players in the club charged uh, and they didn't appear to me that they did anything wrong. They only wanted answers why we didn't get the penalties. Now, 
there is a rule, of course, that players are not allowed to surround the referee and only the pen, the only the captain can uh, approach. So that's why they've been charged. However, how many times do we see players en masse surround a referee and nothing is done? Nothing is done. So, yeah, that's the problem. That's why it was given. But obviously, we need consistency. Like We're asking the, the, the referees for consistency. We shouldn't have to be asking the, the authorities for consistency. That, that should be a given. So that's a, a frustration, for sure. Um, let's go to uh, Harvey, who says, after that question, I saw a bit of a smile from Arteta. Yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, a little grin. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what you can read into that, but you know, I think he said everything he needed to say on the topic. Uh, big news from Ben uh, from uh, Joao Felix from Ben Jacob says Jacob the Guna. Uh, what recently today now in this moment I can do a quick check on Twitter. I do have notifications, so I assume something's been tweeted uh, by our good friend of the show Ben. Um, I'm not seeing it. <laughs> I'm not seeing it on my timeline just yet. So unless you're referencing yesterday's uh, comments from Ben, uh, I haven't seen anything new. Uh, no, his last tweet was indeed eight hours ago. So Arsenal's held further talks with Joao Felix's loan. Uh, Atletico's Madrid uh, demands remain high with the Spanish club hoping to pit suitors against one another. No package agreed yet. Arsenal ideally want an option to buy, not a given option, set below 70 million and a loan fee of around five. I mean, if it was an option of around 70 million or less, you know, I think that's a, a good one for Arsenal. You know, I think that's a really good level uh, to have as an option in the player. I think 70 million is probably about what he's worth right now. He's not worth over 100 million anymore. His value has dropped since they bought him. And I think they need to take that into account. So I would think that's fair. I really would think that was a fair valuation of the player. Um, Penny Wynn says E-A-R, who I imagine you mean is E-S-R. The A and the S are very close together on the keypad. Uh, coming back, almost going to feel like a new signing. The classic phrase. Of course it will. Uh, of course it's going to feel like someone who we've not had all season because we basically haven't had him all season. You know, we had him up until the Man United game. He came off the bench a few times and then he got injured. So we haven't had him. It's going to be good to have him back. He's going to be an asset to the team for sure. Mel says, Tommy, you're not worried about Thomas Partey's backup. The drop-off from Partey to El Nenny is worrying. Of course, of course I'm worried. If Partey is to get injured, it is a huge blow and a massive drop-off to the next player. Thing is, in January, I don't think we're going to be able to find a player that is going to give you what Partey gives us right now. We might be able to find something better than El Nenny, but you still need to make the right decision in the market. You can't fill a spot with a player that's going to give you something in the short term and not the long term unless you can buy them in on loan and Finding someone on loan is, is difficult. That said, uh, I really think I really want to say it was Harish in the chat box the other day suggested either looking at Frank Kessier or Ryan Gravenberch, who, you know, Ryan Gravenberch is not, I wouldn't necessarily look at him as a six, but they are two good players that are currently not getting so many minutes for their clubs. Maybe something we could look to get on loan were good choices. So there might be options, but it's difficult to find somebody to give you that real quality in that number six role this window, especially with what we need to do in the forward line. And for me, the forward line is the priority, has to be the priority for us this window. Uh, Ronald says, top picks for everyone uh, in every position on the free in the summer, i.e. Tillemans and Dika. Um, I mean, if we have a look at the contracts expiring 
uh, on transfer marks. That'll give us a good option. Uh, so who is available on a free? I mean, at centre-back, Milan Skriniar, apparently, still very much without a new deal. Yuri Tillemans in midfield is, is obviously another clear one. Jorginho is said to be running out of his contract. Wilfred Zaha in a wide area. Marcus Turam as well. And Evan Ndika, as you mentioned already, at centre-back. Uh, it says Leander Trossard here, but as far as I'm aware, they do have an option of an extra year in his contract. Uh, Yusufa Makoko from Borussia Dortmund is also apparently reaching the end of his deal. Uh, and there are discussions, as I'm aware of, going on. In attacking midfield, Daichi Kamada at Frankfurt, he apparently is also uh, running out of his contract. Konrad Leimer, the RB Leipzig central midfielder. Very interesting indeed. Don't know his contract situation, so that's one that could be looked to. Marco Asensio, of course, friend of the show. Um, Chalasu Inchu at centre-back, not really done that well at Leicester at all in recent seasons. Used to be very highly thought of and has now really kind of dipped in that amount of time. Potential backup left-backs, you've got Guerrero and Grimaldo uh, and Ben Sabani uh, at uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach. All players that have had some strong performances as well. And Memphis Depay, there's a potential forward option, runs out of his deal in the summer too. Lots of players to consider between now and the end of the season. Uh, James said, Tom, I read in the mirror that Atletico Madrid wanted an obligation to buy for around 70 million in Felix with a 10 million loan deal. I mean, if that's true, I would do that without hesitation. Um, but if it's an obligation to buy, that does make it difficult. If it's an option to buy, I would do it. If it's an obligation to buy, I'm not as sure. But an option certainly would be very open to that. Uh, Omar says, how do you feel about what Mudrik is doing uh, regarding the Arsenal posts and all of it? Omar, to be honest, I'm not that worried. I know there are some people that are. Our good friend Drew is very worried about it. And that's fine. You know, you can have an opinion that is not so positive about these antics on social media. To be honest, he's doing everything he can in a very stubborn situation, I think, to try and get Shakhtar to agree to a deal. I don't think it's having too much of a, <laughs> an impact right now, but I don't have too much of a problem. But I know some do, and I understand why some do as well. Um, John says, do you not think the club have set a cutoff date internally for any Mudrik deal to avoid a repeat of last January? I was going to say that I hope that they have, and I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure you can set a a cutoff date necessarily because things change very quickly in the window, and you might decide to do something differently with say a couple of days to go, and you should have set that deadline a week before, and then you miss out on something. I, I'm not necessarily the biggest fan. I don't think of these cutoff dates. I think what's best to have is alternatives ready to go. That's important. You don't go one to the other to the other. I think you need to have a collection of players that you're looking at and you're having talks with. And at the same time, you've got your priorities and your list of priorities. So you're not going one, don't get him, go to the other, don't get him, go to the other. I think you now have a collection of players that you can then move between depending on how the situation of the window develops. That's how I would look at it. But it is very, very difficult not to... It's it's difficult not to worry, you know, if we, if we do that and then we miss out on a player and then we haven't got enough time to get someone else in, then it looks very silly indeed. But hopefully we've got this, this situation sorted. Uh, let's scroll down. Uh, Temi says, do you think Arteta settled the ESR 8 debate yesterday? No, he didn't. <laughs> uh, I, I really wanted to get an answer from that. I might press him on it in a few weeks' time. Um especially if he plays there. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see where he plays. I'm going to be obviously in the press conference after the game against Oxford on Monday. Um, and it'll be interesting to see where Smith Rowe, if he indeed does play, where he plays. 
So no, Temi, he didn't settle the debate at all. I was trying to get out of him. I did it, you know, I think it was a good good time to ask. But uh, yeah, he didn't really give me anything. It was kind of, he can play everywhere. <laughs> so yeah, I want more from that. I know he's always going to back that. You know, maybe I need to be a bit better with the way I structured the question. So there's always time to improve, remember? Uh, Tim says, in your humble but accurate opinion, when reviewing decisions, should VAR do it with the blindfold taken off? Um, I don't know what you mean by that, Tim. Um, with the blindfold taken off, uh, I, I, I think you're being, I think you're being sarcastic, and you've asked this in a serious way, and it's completely thrown me off. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they might be reviewing them with blindfolds on right now, um, Tim. <laughs> but I took that question so seriously for a second, it caught me completely off guard. Uh, as Jordan says, the drop off from Partey is obvious, but I think El Nenny is underrated. And are there any other clubs with better backups than El Nenny? Yes, uh, there are. Um, I think that you look to, so you go into Chelsea's team, you've got Kante, you've got Jorginho, you've got Kovacic, they can all play in the deep areas. City have got Rodri, Gundogan can play deeper, and Calvin Phillips, of course, is there. Um, Manchester United, deepest midfielder, Scott McTominay, Fred, and I swear I'm missing someone. Um, Pogba left. Have they brought anyone else in in midfield? I don't think they did. Um, Spurs, you got Basuma, Hoiberg, and Bentoncourt, of course. And uh, who else am I forgetting? Liverpool, Fabinho. That's kind of it. Thiago's not a DM. Um, so they are quite weak, I think, in that area as well. But uh, it is considerable. El Nene is underrated, but uh, I think that still we need to find somebody, of course, to add that extra bit of quality into the team. Um, Daniel says, do you think Felix is overrated? Uh, I honestly can't see why we would spend so much money on someone who is inconsistent and would likely need six months to even adapt. Now, Daniel, it's a fair question. What I would always say is that you don't know how a player is going to react when in a different team that perhaps suits them better. Now, we saw when we jo when Odegaard joined online that he had an immediate impact. It's not the impact that he's having right now. You know, it was certainly measured. The difference between him and, and Jao Felix is Jao Felix has been playing. You know, he has played for Atleti. He's not out of practice, shall we say. In fact, if I look at his record this season and hoping to bring you a, a breakdown on him very soon indeed. Um, but, uh, yeah, look at this season. He's got seven goal contributions in 13 La Liga games. So you're looking at a goal or an assist, one in every two fixtures. Um, that's in 576 minutes of action. So he started a lot. At the start of the season, one, two, three, four starts in a row, then was off the bench in the fifth game, started the sixth game. And then after that, his starts have dropped. I'm interested to know who they've been starting instead of him. Uh, Morata, it looks like it. And then, of course, they've got Griezmann as well. Now, Morata and Griezmann and Joao Felix, Simeone can never really decide what he wants to do with his teams. Sometimes he wants to go two up top. Sometimes he wants to go with three up top and, and use like the wide players. It's very, very difficult to know what he wants to bring. In his first game of the season against Hitafe, he had three assists. And that really kind of shows the creativity that he can bring. And then more recently, coming off the bench, you know, he's got two goals against Cadiz. He had a goal against Espanyol. Then another goal against Elche. And then wasn't in the squad for the game um, in uh, the Copa del Rey the other day against Real Oviedo. Or the previous one, to be fair. Now... I believe uh, Atleti are playing Barcelona today. And I think it's actually available to watch in the UK on ITV. If he doesn't, if he isn't involved in that squad, it'll be very, very interesting indeed. Because whilst the Copa del Rey can give you some indication of where the heads of the player is at, 
it'll be intriguing to see if he's included in the squad for today's game and then whether Simeone's asked about it, of course, afterwards. Uh, Paul says, why aren't the referees in VAR made to give interviews post-match? Because there's probably a fear. There's probably a fear that they admit mistakes. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it really is strange um, that they don't do it, but it's probably a fear that, they're, that they'll admit or they'll say things wrong and it will, it will make the situation worse. That's probably where the fear comes from on their part, that it would make the situation worse. Ah, oh, Casemiro is the player I'm forgetting at Man United. Thank you for those that reminded me who can play in that deeper position, of course. Um, scrolling down a bit more. Um, Aaron says, Tom, do you think we should prioritise Felix and sign him first in negotiation tactic? We look less desperate if we get Felix in. I don't necessarily think, Aaron, it makes too much of a difference. I think that your theory is sound. You know, you, you know, from theory, you go, well, Shakhtar are going, you really need Mudrick, so you got to pay the price we want. But the key factor in this is that Shakhtar don't need to sell and don't want to sell and don't have to sell. Uh, they don't. They look at the summer and they go, we can keep him till then. He can help us get into the Champions League for next season, help us win the Ukrainian Premier League. They don't need to sell him. You know, if it was a case of a player um, with like less time left on his contract and they were negotiating, and of course the position of Arsenal at the moment in time would be that they need a player, that might change it. But because of the situation of Mudrik as it is, it means that Shakhtar don't need to panic. So I don't necessarily think it would have as much of an impact as maybe some feel, perhaps like yourself, Aaron, but I get where you're coming from uh, with your point of view, for sure. Uh, Ashley says, is Phillips, McTominay, Henderson, Jorginho, Basuma that much better than Elneny? Uh, I consider them as backups. I'm comfortable with Elneny as part of a max of two changes into our best starting eleven. Phillips, yes, I think is. Uh, Henderson, yes, I think is. Jorginho... Um, you know, I wouldn't necessarily swap him right now. Um, Basuma, again, I, I haven't been impressed by him at Spurs at all. Um, McTominay, I think he's a terrible player, both on the ball and with his antics, where he just takes out players. Like, he really kind of just, he's just not a very nice bloke, <laughs> is he? Uh, but Elneny is, uh, is in, incredibly underrated still. I think he gives you security. I think he gives you stability. I think he gives you consistent performances. And he doesn't really make mistakes. And he gives you a threat from a long-range shot as well. Uh, I, you know, I think Elneny does give us cover. But, of course, there is a gap. There is definitely, definitely a gap um, between them. Um, Ericsson, you're pointing out in the chat box as well. Can I suppose play deeper, but not really in a, in a six role as well. Uh, Marshall, hi, Tom. I ain't an Arsenal fan, but I love the content. You're a legend of these YouTube streets. Keep up the good work, bro. Respect. Thanks, Marshall. Not an Arsenal fan, but clearly a Bulbasaur fan from his picture. <laughs> so there you go. Um, Joel says, Gakpo played for Liverpool today, or yesterday. Uh, let that sink in. I know we're not that desperate in terms of league position, but I think it's the type of urgency we need to reflect in the transfer market. Of course, and the Gakpo deal is going to get referenced a lot. You can see it being used to kind of measure against Arsenal, can't you? You can see people saying, look how quickly they got that deal done. In reality, Arsenal, to my understanding, were never convinced by Gakpo just weren't convinced he was the right player to go into the team. I like him a lot. He wanted to join the Premier League. I spoke to Gakpo, remember, after the PSV game at the Emirates. Um, he's massive, like he's really tall. Um, and he would have brought some definitely kind of the imposing physical side of a forward to the team that maybe we lack. But despite all the goals and all the assists for PSV, Arsenal were never convinced that he was the right guy and so never went in for him during this window, perhaps even though they could have got that deal done quickly we never did and we never went in for him so we'll see we'll see if things change um but i i don't necessarily think that 
that is going to be an indication or something to fairly measure where Arsenal are at. Because Arsenal are looking to try and get a player that they believe is a better fit for them. And it just happens that that deal is much more complicated to do than the Gakpo deal. That's that's kind of where we're at with that one. Um, Carl says, Kudus over Mudrik, not for me. Kudus is not a winger that we want to sign. Kudus is an attacking midfielder who can play in a wide area. And whilst uh, sure he might be able to come in with an immediate impact, it wouldn't be in the areas that we need him to be in. So I'm sorry, whilst I get there is a lot of like for Kudus, Mudrik is the better option for us because we need an out-and-out winger rather than an attacking midfielder who can play in a wide area. Cam says, what's a Bulbasaur? <laughs> what do you mean, what's a Bulbasaur? How do you know what a Bulbasaur is? <laughs> um, <laughs> they can tell I've what I just, Didn't I speak the other day about, we were talking about anime, because someone was saying what Naruto, and I had no idea what Naruto is, and I'm sorry, I can only apologise. People were very upset about that. And I said, the only anime I ever watched in my, in my childhood was the first series of the original Pokemon, the first series of the original Yu-Gi-Oh! And yes, I absolutely should know what a Bulbasaur is. <laughs> How are we talking about this? Um, Anton says, if Mudrick falls through, then might we regret not going for Gakpo? Again, we might regret it. Sure, we might regret it. But I'd rather Arsenal got the player that they felt was the right one for them. Because they are, and the club is, in a position where they can't make mistakes in the market. You might be able to make one or two small ones. You know, a couple of small mistakes. Sure, right, whatever. But you can't make big ones in positions that are so important to the team. And because of that, if we'd have signed Gakpo and it didn't fit what we wanted, we would have had another Nicola Pepe situation where we had a player that didn't fit what we were doing, sitting on the bench, getting miserable and causing problems. And we need to have a player that is going to fit into what we want to do, fit into the squad of what we how we want to play. And if we didn't think that was Gakpo and we think that it's Mudrik or we think that it's Ralph Felix, we need to get those deals done. It's really important that we do that. Because if we don't do that, you risk making things worse rather than better. It's so much more important to have a player in your squad that works than one that doesn't. And, you know, numbers are important. You know, depth is important. Don't get me wrong. It's really key to have that depth. But sometimes having the right player is, you know, not having no player at all is better than having the wrong player in the wrong place at the wrong time. And we've had that. We've had that over numerous years. And we've now just worked out how to get rid of them. And it set us off into a position where we find ourselves in a much better place in time. Um, we are going to uh, finish things there. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. We did our preview show, of course, yesterday. If you want to go and watch the preview of Oxford against Arsenal. Uh, I'll be bringing you a show tomorrow morning. No show tomorrow evening. I'll be back, of course, Tuesday. That said, I am going to be incredibly tired on Tuesday. So a heads up, because I'm going to be driving to Oxford, doing the game, leaving Oxford about probably half 11, 12, driving home for two hours, getting into bed about half one, two, if I'm lucky, up again and doing the 8am show on Tuesday. So it's going to be, I'm going to be tired. And I'm working again that day as well. So I'm, I'm going to be tired. So just prepare for me being tired. I hope that it's in uh, post to an Arsenal win. We can wait and see what's going to happen. But as I say, I'm going to bring you more information on all the latest Arsenal transfers in the last 24 hours and the next 24 hours tomorrow morning at 8am. So do join us then. Have a great Sunday. Enjoy it. Enjoy the football. Fingers crossed we can see some more upsets in the FA Cup. Um, relax. Recharge. 
uh, get those battery refilled. And uh, yeah, I will see you tomorrow morning again. Thank you for joining me. And as always, up the arse. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.